Hey, hey, people of Earth, it's time to enter the spoilerverse via our secret portal at the exclusive Arctic Club in beautiful downtown Seattle with our hosts, John and Kenrick and Casey. Welcome to Spoiler Country. Hey, if you're listening to our show for the first time and you're on one of the social medias that we're on, like Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, any of those kinds of things, you should always check us out on spoilerverse.com. But if you want to keep up with our latest episodes, you should bring out your smartphone, get into your favorite podcatcher, find Spoiler Country, and hit subscribe. Then you'll get all our new stuff. And if you want to reach out to us, you can do that in two ways. You can call us and leave us a voicemail at 707-656-2080. Again, 707-656-2080. Or you can shoot us an email at spoilercountry at gmail.com. United Armies of the Spoilerverse, welcome back to Spoiler Country. I'm Kenneth Regan. That right there is the heated, debateful Mr. Horsley. <laughs> heated, debateful? I like that. I guess. I'll take it. Yeah. I don't think debateful is a word, but we'll make it work. Well, and- I mean, I'll allow it. I'm not going to debate it. <laughs> <laughs> And today on the show, well, it's Cena Grace, isn't it? It is. And uh, it yeah, is. Cena is a pretty interesting cat, man. He was the first employee of Robert Kirkman's Skybound Comics, which is uh, kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. We got to meet Kirkman a couple times. Hopefully someday we'll have him on. That's the goal, right? And once we have Kirkman on, we can retire. <laughs> He's definitely in the bucket list. There's, you know, there's he is. not many left in the bucket list. Yeah, it's getting it's getting kind of small. Kind yeah, of small. we're gonna have to we're gonna have to refill it. Come right, up with right. some new but people. Have to so, add some new people in there, but you know. What has <laughs> Cena Grace worked on? Can you give us a, a little preview before we get into this? Oh, he's worked on Walking Dead, Invincible, uh, Little Depressed Boy, uh, a lot. I mean, tons of stuff from Image and Skybound. He's worked on with Marvel. Uh, he did um, he did an uh, a solo series for Iceman back in 2017. He's done a lot of stuff. Cool. And I think this is with Casey, correct? We're going to say yes while I look real fast and double check. <laughs> I have no idea. Okay, Thanks, Casey. We're going to know here in about two seconds because let's sit back and listen to Cena Grace in his own words. With Casey. All right, everybody, welcome again to another episode of Spoiler Country. Today on the show, we have writer and artist Cena Grace. Cena, how you doing, buddy? I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm tired today, but I'm okay. <laughs> my, my day starts at 4 a.m. And oh, um, like it, okay, it's filled complain. by coffee and, and just desire to just knock it out. <laughs> but, so you are largely like self-propelled being a creative person i'm assuming you 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 work from home yeah that's the that's the one kind of like benefit of my lifestyle to date is that working from home in quarantine has been super easy (laughs) but yeah it's you know i like being freelance and being accustomed to just sort of sitting with headphones on deep in my thoughts. Yeah, I have years of experience with that. So I really do sympathize for people who kind of, you know, went from 60 to zero in terms of like, and now I'm home alone. I, it, yeah, it's intense, but you get used to it. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. So, so how does your day start? Like typically or today? Cause today started not normal, but I've got a dog. So every day starts with walking him and you know, you, you check your email and see like, okay, what's the biggest fire and Right. Oh man, there's an email I haven't even opened yet. And I love that. Like you think like, oh, if I don't open it, it doesn't exist. And it's not like, anyway, it's, it's a family thing. Not so I think that's why I can put it off as I can just be like, oh, I haven't gotten to this yet. But, but yeah, like you, you kind of, when, when you're, you know, writing and drawing and working for different companies, knocking on wood, you, you kind of always have to sort of have a battle plan as to like what gets prioritized every day and how to juggle kind of like, okay, like, all right, this mouth needs to get fed or this editor needs this thing. 
and and that's how the days go is is sort of figuring out what's the best time of day to use which part of my brain and what i've noticed lately is like for writing i can't really get around to it until like three or four because there's just always something to do like there's always some kind of interaction that has to happen that interrupts my flow during you know the hours of like 8 a.m to again whenever i start writing that you can't just like i can't put my phone down or i can't turn off uh, any of these other like you know apps or something or scheduling conversations with fine folks like yourself so it's about kind of being like okay yeah like i'll i'll draw in the morning and then i'll like answer these emails or send out this package or this is the gross annoying thing is like, oh, I'll prep this social media post. And then, yeah, at a certain point, oh, I got to write these pages too. So yeah, the day's kind of like, it's, it's a tapestry of just figuring out what gets done when and, and, and how to kind of constantly, sort of like you were saying, like how do you nurse and propel and fuel the motivation and the inspiration and, and sort of the, you know, that unspeakable something that makes you create. So uh, on, on the, on, on the opposite side of that, what happens when you sit down at your desk or, or wherever it is you, you do your creative work and it just doesn't. That, I mean, that's happened a few times in this, in this funny period. And I apologize if like, I feel like how can you not sort of bring up COVID and the pandemic right now? Oh, yeah, but, yeah. I mean, it's affected um, everybody. So. Yeah. And I think the, so I, I, I feel really bad for people who, are like 1000% paralyzed by writer's block because for me it, it, it's like not an option again because you're free like i i have now for better or worse positioned myself to where like the only income i have comes from these comic companies that pay me you know what i mean sometimes i'll take commissions and stuff from from fans and readers but like i'm really just trying to like write and draw comics full time and so you know, like you sometimes don't have the option of being like, I don't feel good today. Like it's not happening. And, and Lord knows, like you do also have to like honor that. I, I, for a few months apprenticed under writer and artist, Howard Chaikin. Cool. Yeah. 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 And, and I, I enjoyed talking to him a few weeks ago. He's, and he's super salty, but he, he's a lover. <laughs> and I just remember, I still have this distinct memory where, you know, we were all, he had me and another, and another assistant in the room. And it, I, he said something like, it's like, it's not happening. My wrist isn't doing it today. And he just moved on to draw something else that didn't require like the iconic superhero shot. So that's sort of what I do is you keep nice. yourself busy and moving until the thing does happen. And I, I always say this on panels. I'm like, you know what, like actually kind of secretly works is just in your document, you go page one, panel one, page break, page two, panel one, page break. And if you just sort of like do the busy work until until something happens, you know? The other thing too is I'm a bit of a, I don't know that I, it's necessarily like, I don't know if I do it to great success, but I also sort of follow like, oh, I wanna, I wanna draw this now, or I wanna write this scene now while it's fresh in my head. So I don't always work in sequence and that helps too. It's like, look, if you really just want to draw like, you know, Batman bursting through a window, then do it the day you feel like doing it. And if there's a day where you need to turn your brain off and it just has to be like Bruce Wayne talking to Alfred for six panels, then that's what you do that day, you know? As long as you make sure you carve out time for the pages like you never want to draw, which for me are pages with cars <laughs> <laughs> and like lots of buildings. I like drawing buildings, but to do them the way I like, that satisfies me. It's just so many hours and it's so mind numbing. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Every every artist kind of has their their one thing. They're just like, please don't give me horses or something. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mind horses so much, but it's, yeah, I, you know, but it, it kind of reminds me of like learning how to use Excel. I freaking hate Excel, but if you just do it enough, you get used to it and it, and it can kind of, you can turn your brain off. You know what I mean? And I, and I think that's what happened with me in buildings is I just found enough tools and workarounds to just, 
get through it that at least it doesn't because the worst thing is when you get paralyzed by not wanting to do something you know and then you really just dilly dally and procrastinate and 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 then it, you really create problems for yourself because then you're rushing and then it looks like doo-doo so yeah it's it's just kind of tricking the brain and keeping your brain busy until until it gets hit with the thing but man to circle right back to where i started in covid times there have been com- like weeks where it just wasn't happening and i and 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 even my trick of like oh if i can't draw today all right today even that was sort of like not working like when the black like i have never not been able to just draw even if it's doodling and and when the black lives matter stuff happened the wrist stopped it was just like a couple weeks of like i'm not i don't feel like drawing i don't have it in me and so i just you know i just scrolled a ton yeah. a ton of I, scrolling i yeah i i i played video games i was just like <laughs> i'm just going to you know, I don't know. Yeah. It's like doom scrolling and trying to figure out what you can do to, to help out and making a bunch of phone calls and, you know, and, and that's, what's been great is people have been understanding, but also I haven't, you know, I think that was what was great too. I hate saying anything's great in this time, but like, because the distribution center diamond closed down, like there was less of a rush to wrap up sort of the projects I had on the table when this all started, like at the beginning of COVID, we were wrapping up Go Go Power Rangers and Ghosted in LA at Boom Studios. And then also I was doing, I was writing a series called Read Only Memories at uh, IDW. And then I had some like DC stuff here and there. And, and again, like right when I was sort of getting slowed down emotionally, so was publishing. So yeah. The, yeah you know no one could i i didn't have a like i wasn't a problem you know what i mean like i wasn't like no one was like oh this guy can't meet deadlines so that was that was a good thing <laughs> so can we talk a little bit about about your origins and how you got into comics yeah absolutely so so uh, are, are you from la originally i am i am okay uh, cool born and raised and it's it's funny because it, it, it took like having to leave LA to realize what access you have to what like what privilege you have just even being in, in a city like Los Angeles where entertainment uh, is one of the backbones of like one of the industry backbones of the city. And I just loved comics as a kid. And, and I think like most people my age, it was like Ninja Turtles, the X-Men cartoon, the Batman cartoon. I also grew up loving Sailor Moon because like she, her cartoon was on like right before I would leave for school. So it, you know, the, the TV and the movies, like the adaptations got me in. And then at the time, grocery stores would carry the comics. So spinner racks. mm -hmm. Yeah, me too. And, and so that's, that was sort of my, my gateway. And it's just one of those things where I, I like loved it and I would always draw these characters and, I, I just posted it again on my Instagram, my fifth grade yearbook picture, you know, at the bottom, it's like, oh, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I said, I wanted to be a comic book illustrator. So I just was gung ho since I was oh, nine wow. years old. And, and, you know, like the lucky thing again about being from here, my, you know, I was raised by a single mom and I didn't have any connections and, you know, we weren't, we weren't the poorest family on the street but we weren't the richest on the street of apartments i definitely relate but i think you know but being here i just had access like i interned at top cow productions in high school because like i was a huge michael turner fan i loved witchblade and fathom (laughs) and you know i would volunteer for them at san diego comic-con so i'd get to go down to comic-con and and yeah, and then like I said, Howard Chaikin lived in LA, or he lives in Ventura County, which is an hour away. So I, I took a semester off college, a quarter off college, and, and would drive to his place, you know, a couple days a week to like learn from him and work under him. And, and that, you know, for anyone listening, that just came from having an email address and writing people, you know, like I just wrote the editor, this editor at Top Cow back then, Renee Gearlings. You know, I was almost like a weirdo pen pal with her. And then one day I was like, so like, when can I like intern for you? And she's like, when can you start? Uh, awesome. And that's, yeah, you know, and, and so it's, 
I get it. It's, it's not easy for everyone, but I think the internet is a great equalizer. And if you're in like anyone who wants to be in comics for real, real has to love it in a very specific way that I think we can all sniff out amongst each other, you know, like, it's like, Oh, that person, like they want to be here. Oh, that person just wants to make movies, you know, or, or that person wants to make money and wow, they're stupid. They need to go to animation. But yeah, so it, I, it just, I just kept climbing and trying new things until finally, and, and I, I said this word earlier, you know, the tapestry started to form, basically. I, I was drawing The Little Depressed Boy. It was first a webcomic. And then when I started working for Robert Kirkman as his editor, I, you know, I, I then sort of had built a like larger relationship with the folks at Image Comics. So I was able to talk to them and be like, hey, like, you know, we have like 80 pages of this book in webcomic form, like, you know, would, would you guys want to publish it? And uh, <laughs> like, I should, no, don't worry, I'm, you're not going to edit this out. But like, it was a little strategic on my end. I, I, I fibbed and told the publisher at Image, I was like, yeah. Oni is looking at this. I'd love your feedback to see if, <laughs> if you have any notes. And, and, the, and, and, you know, the publisher was like, yeah, I'll, I'll take a look. And if I like it, I'll publish it. And I was like, Bleh. that's so awesome. That, yeah. And, and, and it's just that, you know, you have to kind of always find the balance of like believing in yourself and, and advocating for yourself, but not, not being annoying. Like I remember Robert Kirkman said this either like on a panel or some interview. He said it somewhere publicly where he was talking about, you know, getting started and he had sort of built this baby, tiny baby group of a relationship with Eric Larson. And he talked about how he was like, okay, like, you know, wait three days before you, you reach out to him again and wait a week before you ask, like, you know, it's all about like, you don't want to be pushy, but you, you know, you do kind of always need to put your feelers out there and see what's going on. And, and yeah. And so over time, the, the tapestry has like, like led to this where I've worked for, for everyone, I think, except for vault comics. Hey vault. What's up? <laughs> need my number. And hey, man, shoot but, your shot. Yeah. I mean, Hey, I, I'd hit, I'd do it. I just don't know if I have ideas that they'd want, but anyway, but I've worked, you know, like I did, I did Iceman at Marvel comics and, I've done a few things that have been published at DC and there's going to be a few more coming out in 2021. Oh, no. um, is that part of the, the new thing that they're doing with the, n- I'm not doing anything tied to future state. I do have some stuff coming out as early as February. I think. Oh, holy smokes. Just, just short stories and stuff that, that I'm really happy with. And, and then some, some bigger stuff is like definitely brewing, but like, I'm not, I'm not blowing it up out of proportion, but it's, I have a cool project that I, you know, it'll probably take a year to finish, but I really love it. And, you know, everyone there has been super sweet. So it's been great. You know, like I, I've, I've gotten to work pretty much on like every title or worked on every character I care about. You know, I got to do Go Go Power Rangers with Ryan Parrott and I love the Power Rangers. And then the X-Men were my favorite Marvel characters. So to get Iceman was like, great, cool, like mission accomplished. And even at DC, like the, you know, like they let me like already play with Plastic Man and Shazam. And those oh, are kind cool. of the kinds, yeah, those are the characters I, I tend to like. I'm, I'm, I'm like daunted and petrified of like ever thinking about, you know, the Avengers or Batman. But I've got to change that because that's the other thing you, you got to do as a creator. You can't, you can't tell yourself you're not good enough for something. Let the editors say that, but you should think you're, everyone should just think they're the next important writer because that then, you know, cause it's osmosis. Like people will start to believe you if you talk that way. Yeah. Yeah. If you conversely, if you, if you do not have that confidence in yourself and nobody will. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a weird thing. Cause as a, as a former editor and, as someone who made a book called self-obsessed, I try really hard to, <laughs> I try, I just don't want to, I don't want to be that to anybody anymore. Like, I think the only way you can put that book out is by having like a, a hint of self-awareness. And so I just try to be really mellow, but I think I, you know, you do kind of, I do have to find a different balance, you know, cause literally like as of last year, I would just tell editors, I'd be like, yeah, sort of, you know, 
move me in a direction and, and tell me to go. And that's what I'll do instead of being like, all right, here's what I, I would do. Like, uh, Wolverine gets a fourth claw. You know, I don't know. See, I'm not an idea. Leave me alone. Anyway. <laughs> so in the 1990 John Waters film, Crybaby, there is a scene where Tracy Lords is, is crying. Crybaby has, has left her. She's crying into a glass of, of tears. And she takes a big swig of those tears. I'm imagining you drinking those tears of all the, the pissed off Crybaby fanboys during your Iceman run. <laughs> Can you elucidate a little bit on that? And just tell me about how that was. It sounds like as somebody who is very self-aware, was that difficult for you on the on the not so positive reaction to it? There were there was plenty of people that that were like, oh no, yes, that's great, that's that's awesome. It's a new character development, and in terms of how things like that work in reality, there are plenty of people who realize later on in life that oh, you know, I I guess this is who I am now. For listeners not in the know he wrote a storyline where Iceman comes to term with, with who he is as in his sexuality. And he is now his character identifies as, as gay. So. Yeah. I mean, you know, well, what's, what's funny is it's just so interesting how people decide to target their disdain or animosity. Like, you know, I always like, cause yeah, you'll get these messages like you ruined Iceman. And I'm like, I didn't ruin Iceman. Brian Bendis did this. Yeah. yeah like, that, it, to- it wasn't even your initial idea. <laughs> you just like I, it to his logical conclusion. Yeah. Like I got like, I'm like, I just got hired to do this. Like, okay. Like, but that's how it goes always. And you know, it's now that it, you know, I, I'm able to look at the whole experience now as like really beautiful. I know that that sounds cheesy, but like, <laughs> It was, it was from it. Yeah. And you know, it's like, also I had, you know, I've got friends who are ladies and ladies get shit on way harder than gay men do in comics. It's, it's really annoying hearing just some of the sort of nastiness that happens when, you know, it's like, oh, so-and-so is now hired to write Iron Man. Like, and then that girl would just get shit on for no reason. So, so I feel like by comparison, any time any of the nastiness that was flung towards me, I just was like, you know what? It's worse for other people. And also I felt very resilient. Like I was like, you know what? Mommy can handle this. Like I can take care of this. (laughs) I know, you know, like I just felt really tough and I felt equipped. I also feel, you know, I just felt like I was like, you know what? Like whatever, like come for me. I don't care. Like I'm cool. I got this, you know? And and, but it was challenging. But, you know, so for people who haven't read the book, my Iceman series follows Bobby Drake, who is in his late 20s, early 30s, you know, in, in Marvel vague age. And yeah, he has just come out, but he hasn't told his parents. And, you know, he, he hadn't even told Kitty Pride, his ex-girlfriend. So it's about him sort of settling into his skin. And the way I looked at it was I've had exes who did not, come out until you know 28 30 32 so I was just like okay I know real people I'm gonna use the psychology that went behind their journeys and I'm gonna give that a voice and what's so funny is like okay so I got hate on one side but then even within my own community people were like oh this is such such a dumb reductive story it's one we've heard before and I'm like well it still applies to some people and also it's the job I got like what am I supposed to do But it, you know, but again, back to like the blessing of it all, you know, the book got canceled. I was bummed out. Then like within two months, I got a phone call and they were like, this book's doing gangbusters at bookstores and online. Do you want to do another one? (laughs) And what was great about that is when we came back, I, I just felt this like strength and confidence to then be like, all right, like I did it your way. Let's do the story my way. And that, and that third volume in the series is just so special to me because he doesn't hate himself anymore. You know, like he doesn't, he's not struggling. Like, yes, there are still like anything as any superhero deals with, there are always new struggles, but it felt like a victory lap. And that was the volume where 
I created like a drag queen character, mutant character that like blew up and went viral. And so it just ended things on a positive note. And, and even with that, like, it's like, I got like, they were like, all right, you get five issues. But then that even went beyond that. And they were like, okay, yeah, you also get this like uncanny X-Men special. So it just turned into this really lovely, like, like end note, you know, and, and it's, you know, I think the crazy thing when I talk to other people, it's like, it's like other Marvel books don't get written up in the New York times. Like what? <laughs> I'm not saying I'm the bomb, but like, I am saying it's like, Oh, I did something like I did something. And yeah, some people didn't like it. And you know what? There's stuff in those, in those books. I don't, you know, like I wish I could have done better, but you know, as writers on deadline, you learn on the job a lot and you also learn by seeing the finished product, unfortunately, like, or, you know, you, your artist doesn't pick up what you're dropping and, there's no time to get it fixed and you got to just basically like finesse it with clunky dialogue. Like that happens tons of times. So, you know, it, I don't know. It was really beautiful. And yeah, the fact that it made some people legitimately, it moved people like cool. You know, and I just say it over and over again, especially right now being trapped at home. It's a blessing. Like what a blessing, what a gift. And it might not happen again. I might not ever make anything that people, you know, care about on that level. And so I'm just like, cool. Like I, I did that. That's cool. And it might not ever happen again. And that's okay. What a gift. Do you ever, when you have a character like that, that, that you're writing and especially when you were doing the ice Fan comic, I mean, let's just be, you know, get down to brass tacks. Did you kind of think like how you would have reacted to seeing something like that when you were a kid, you know, teenage Cena seeing a, a, a character that he could kind of like, oh wow th- this is a thing i you know i don't man i don't know if i did i don't i think i was so wrapped up in like making making so many other things work that and and this is a lesson i can't remember i mean i'm pretty you know okay so i don't think that way when i write i think a different way which is like and and we call it the, like, what's the lunchbox scene? Like, what's the scene that we, like, put on the front of a lunchbox because it's so iconic and so cool? <laughs> you know, like, and, and, yeah. and, I, and, I, and I always say that. It's like, we're making comic books. Like, these things have to be, like, action figures fighting. And in, in the best way possible. Like, not, like, A, yes, we are dealing with, like, Disney and AT&T, you know, with these big two yeah. companies. And so, yes, they're looking for action figures. They're looking for movies. But I don't, you know, but the better way to think about that is, no, what is, what is the toy that, like, you want as a kid, you know? Like, I think that's why Donny Cates' Venom works so well is because, like, it oh, really yeah. does. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it's just, like, that, like, and I say this in a, like, really great way. It's just that, like, dope hot topic shit, you know? Like, it's, it's just that. It's that vibe. And I didn't always have that for Iceman. I was so wrapped up in my own craziness like the like the in the third volume i just like you know they were like oh how about like mr sinister like we'll let you use mr sinister as a bad guy because we were having trouble finding bad guys that were big enough for iceman to fight but small enough that they could be the bad guy of an iceman book because that's sort of you know like these characters are kind of being juggled and and moved around all over the Marvel universe at any given moment. So you can't just say like, Oh, and then Iceman fights Galactus. Like, yeah, uh, they'd be like, no, Galactus is busy. He's, you know, in some nebula somewhere or whatever. So you kind of, it's like a bank of availability, but I, well, you know, and I was, yeah. So like, instead of kind of like making sinister, like cool, I decided to just, I was really like more interested in, like making him a, like a, deli- a delicious psychopath kind of thing. And I, I don't know. Yeah. The first volume, I feel like I did some weird shit specifically for like the <laughs> toys of it, but no, I should have done more of that. I really, you know, I really should have thought like, Oh, what's cause that's what I do now is like before I, qu- I start on a project, I pick up the books I loved when I was, you know, the, the ripe age of like, you know, 12 to 14 and I just like look at them and I'm like, what did I love about this? Like, why do I still love it? Like, what is sick about this? And I try to go to that pure place every time. But I think I was just, there was so much on the line with Iceman that 
sometimes I didn't really get to give myself a moment to, to sort of like breathe and, and try and see it from a, a different perspective. Oh yeah. Yeah. So you, not only do you do, you know, the big books like, like Iceman and, and you've, you've done editing for Walking Dead and Invincible and all these other things, written some Infinity War stuff, but you also do your own, create your own books. Ghosted in LA is one of them. What do you get out of your creator own stuff that you don't necessarily get from writing for like the big two outside of like all the money that <laughs> I mean, you know, well you, you get all the risk too. Cause like, Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, sometimes you don't make a lot of money, but I think freedom, you know, like with my, with this current book, I'm doing at image called getting it together. It's like, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm writing it with my friend Omar Spahi. I love his uh, work, by the way. Yeah. And we brought, you know, we hired my other friend, Jenny D. Fine, to draw it. But then, like, I also draw stuff. Like, I'm like, well, I want to draw this scene. Or I want to draw this flashback. Oh, cool. Or I want to draw this issue. Yeah. And then, you know, like, we reconnected with Mick Struble, who had, you know, written, colored, and lettered The Little Depressed Boy. So, you know, it... it it's just the freedom of like, Oh, I'm going to hire who I want. And then also tell the story I want. And then we also get to do really cool stuff. Like the book at the epicenter of the story, there is this like uh, punk band in San Francisco that one of the main characters is in called nip slip. And I thought like, wouldn't it be great if like you actually could hear the music. So I just like wrote a bunch of songs really quick. And then I sent them to my friend, Lena and she re-recorded the vocals that like, like she, you know, like she asked for a file with and without the vocals and then did her version of them. And like, we threw them up on Bandcamp because like we can, you know what I mean? Like, That's so we can. Awesome. I, don't, I don't have to ask anyone's permission for that. And similarly, like I just got my friend, this drag queen Dax exclamation point who was on RuPaul's drag race. Like I went and did a photo variant with her. Cause I was like, why not? Like I'll sell that on my web store. That'll be sick. And that's, you know, it's, it, it, it's that punk shit that I love. Like, that's what's great about Image is you, you get so much control. And, and also the other thing is you can really like pace the story however you want. So like every issue of getting it together has been like 27 to like 30 pages because we just have like so much, like we're just, it's like, oh, let's get as much in every issue as possible. So that way, like we can make sure we've like given the reader their money's worth, you know, and we have backup strips and like there are playlists in the back, you know, like, it's just like, it's, you get to make it. I think that's like, that's where I get to go. What's the comic I want? You know, like I remembered getting that Jim Mahfoud generation X book. And I was like, what the fuck is this? This is so cool. <laughs> and even, you know, with Robert and all of his books at skybound, the weather, it was like, Walking Dead, Invincible, or <laughs> Super Dinosaur, like the letters columns were so important to him to have. And, you know, I, I love those too. Even though I don't always read them, I love that they're there for, for books I love. Like, and as someone who has like been published in letter columns as a kid, like it's just a, it's a dope ass thing. And so I'm always, I'm always just trying to make the product as close to something I would want, you know? So I think that's, that's where maybe I even have the freedom to breathe and think that way, as opposed to where you're doing a big two book and literally like they won't publish fan art because they don't want to give the graphic designer more to do in a letters column type of thing. Or like, it's, you know, like they're so bah humbug about things. Or it's like, oh, you only get one page because we need all these pages for ads so stuff like that, where I just get to breathe and think outside of the box and, you know, not really like, not really wor worry about certain things, but I have fun with both. I think they're, they're, they're two different muscles in my brain or in my body and they're, and they're two different kinds of joy. You know, I like, I also take it as like an exciting challenge when you're like, okay, you can't do this, you can't do that and you can't do this, but tell a great Batman story. And I'm like, on it, boss. <laughs> That's awesome. So, so I had no idea that you, that you illustrated up until I was reading your bio. I just knew that you had written, you know, some stuff for X-Men. Were you like classically trained in, 
in your art or is it, is it something that you came about, you know, just how did you go about, you know, starting on your art uh, stuff? I got really gnarly advice in high school from a business guy at Top Cow. And he was like, don't go to college for art or writing. You can learn to do that on your own. You should go and study business so you can be your own businessman, your own manager. So I went to college trying to be an economics major, was like getting C's and D's in all of those classes. And then, and then, you know, took a writing class and got like the easiest A of my life and was like, I should just apply to the writing program and got in. But with the art stuff, no, it was, I always just sort of taught myself and then like looked online and would watch people draw and sort of figure out like, oh, what pen did they use? And oh, this, that, and the other. And the only classical thing I did was like, I knew, I knew that there were corners that I needed to really work on. And so I did go to the community college in my early twenties and I took um, a figure drawing class and I took a perspective class and, and both of those were really instrumental in just in terms of like, again, learning to like not be afraid of drawing something you don't want to draw and like learning to draw it and learning to figure it out and learning to cheat it. And again, back to the internet now with like YouTube, there are so many tutorials to figure out how to do anything. And it just, you know, you do have to invest a little in yourself in terms of like, okay, well, you might have to buy an iPad or, you know, a tablet to get this drawing app. But once you have it, you know, that's like next level. So that's, that's, yeah, I, I haven't, I, I'm not classically trained. I, I, I'm, I need to, I do need to take a color theory class because I feel like it would be a good next step to like actually know how to color rather than what I'm doing now, which is like, I find swatches I like and I mess around till it looks good. <laughs> Well, I mean, I, I'm looking at your artwork now and it, you, you're solid, man. You're solid. <laughs> I, I do have a quick question to ask. My wife and I are big fans of Jenny Lewis. And I saw mm. that you, you do artwork for, <coughs> for her stuff. Yeah. How did that come about? That's, that sounds like a pretty cool gig. I am also a really big Jenny Lewis fan. And that, <laughs> that came from being a fan. I, and again, another LA thing was I just... I loved Rilo Kylie, but that was her band before she oh, went yeah, solo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and like, this is how far back it goes. Like I interviewed her for my high school newspaper <laughs> and was always just sort of semi in touch. I was one of those fans that would always, you know, like wait to talk to her at the end of a show type of thing. And then I'm just telling the long story. We, by circumstance, happened to be on the same flight to the UK I was going to visit my sister who was studying abroad and she was going to play a festival and I'd finished reading this gigantic Chris Ware book and I didn't want to lug it around London. So I gave it to her with a doodle inside and, and at the end of the trip, like I just sent her a note being like, sorry, I didn't make it to, you know, Glastonbury. Like I didn't realize like how fucking far that was. Uh, And she was (laughs) like, Oh, do you want to do a comic for us? Like your drawing was so cute. So I did this like Rilo Kylie comic that they gave out at a, at a Halloween show that must've been like 2004, I guess. And then we didn't talk much, you know, she got super famous and I (laughs) went through my twenties and then through Instagram, I did some, I I posted a, a, a sketch of her, a drawing of her or something. And she found me, no, it was Twitter. And we reconnected and then I started doing some stuff for the very end of her Voyager tour and it just kept going and kept going. And I think, I think what really makes it work and why, you know, again, like the gift of, of getting to keep collaborating with someone I super love is that I super love her. So I'm able to like, I think it's, it's what you've been asking is like, you know, how do you look at this thing as a fan and then make it a thing? And I, 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 I am a fan so I can listen to the music and be like, well, this is what I would want as a fan. Like this is, you know, this is the t-shirt I would want, or this is the piece of merch I would want. And, and yeah, it's great. And we we have a few more cool things coming out, I think. And, and yeah, again, it's like, whoa, what the hell dude? Like what, you know, like again, cause yeah, I was a super big fan and now it's like, you know, it's like whenever her new albums come out, it's like, okay, like I'm going to go, I'm going to go see Jenny in this city and take a friend, like, you know, and be a cool friend to take a friend to see her for free. So what, yeah, what a gift, you know? And again, it's, 
That's rad. It, it's all just sort of like passion, dedication, respecting boundaries, but also, <laughs> but also putting yourself out there. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think if you're wasting, not you specifically, but if folks are wasting their time sending nudie pics on the DM, like they're not using the DM right. The DM needs to be for like making deals. Like, <laughs> you know, like I feel like so many let me business. take a note down real quick. Hold on, one, I'm I'm joking. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, like like yeah, nudie picks slat like strike through business deals. Check. Gotcha. Mark. I thought I just was bad at lighting. <laughs> it should be a picture of a contract, not. <laughs> That's some damn good advice, you know. <laughs> just yeah, you know, put your and also especially now, everyone's trapped at home. All of your heroes are trapped at home. They got nothing else to do. You don't know, you know, like who, and also you don't know who actually is in charge of their social media and who's looking. And even if they're not the ones looking, it could be their business manager and their business managers need to look like they're doing their jobs. So they need to bring business ideas, but you know, you, you, you cast a lot of nets and, and sometimes nothing comes up. Like, yeah, I'll, I'll give an example of like when nothing happened is like, I got into that musician Orville Peck in the middle oh, of all yeah, this. Yeah, he's fantastic. And I was like, I don't really like some, I don't like his merch. So I just, you know, I blind wrote his management team and I was like, hey, this is me. I've done this art. If you guys want to do something, I'd really love to. They never wrote back. That's okay, you know, but for any one time that that's happened, I've had two times where something did happen or they did write back, but nothing, you know, panned out. It's, it's just, you gotta, you gotta cast nets got to get used to being rejected or ignored or forgotten about and then you know find the balance of when you got to ping someone there's no you know there's no there's no real rhythm that you can expect you've just kind of got to like play it by ear every time and and sort of you know do a vibe check and see if you're aligning i don't know i'm losing my train of thought <laughs> no, it's all good i feel better knowing that you didn't get a, a callback from orville peck because both Jeff and I messaged him about possibly coming on the show. I wrote like this long, like message, like, Oh, you're kind of like a superhero. And, you know, I think people could see, you know, it's good what you're doing and blah, 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 blah. And nothing. So, but it was probably also a really terribly worded message. I, th <laughs> I think, I think he's like David Hasselhoff where he's like pretty big here, but like huge in Europe because like, really? Oh yeah. Yeah. If you go on that website, there's like nine different email addresses, like for international booking, for international press, for like, you know, like international inquiry, for Canadian this, for Canadian that. Like, it's like, I, I think he is way, way bigger internationally than, than maybe we see here. Cause like, I like, you know, like I, I still, I feel, I, it's like you said, I think a lot of American listeners are still sort of trying to figure out what the heck he is. <laughs> but yeah, I dig him. I think he's cool. He was supposed, I was supposed to see him in May. I had a ticket to see him in Las Vegas and that ticket got rescheduled to May, 2021. So we'll see. If that yeah, yeah. He's actually my, I have a five-year-old and a 10-year-old and they both like the, the Hilda television show on oh, yeah, Netflix. Yeah, yeah. And he did like the theme song for it for the new season, which my, my wife is excited to hear. So <laughs> So I, I don't know if Grimes still has the song on that, but anyway, yeah. <laughs> That's tight. I'll have to listen. That's so sick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it's as, as a parent, like anytime your kid is watching a show that, you know, you know, is going to probably be annoying and you hear like something, you know, relatively cool. You're like, Oh, okay. I can, I can hear this like five times in a row and not lose my mind about it. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's always, you know, nice to not be annoyed. But <laughs> I get it. I get it. My nephew liked Minions, so I get it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we actually interviewed the guy that wrote the Minions film. He also did the Secret Life of Pets movies. He was such a nice guy. And Oh, uh, right. Yeah, yeah. And I was kind of like, hey, what's it like having your your characters being co-opted by boomers who are generally on a right-wing stance. <laughs> it's like, not gonna lie, man, pretty weird. <laughs> uh, like, uh, you see like the weird 
texts or messages from your aunt on Facebook with a minion and like talking about why they should lock Hillary up. And it's like, that was like four years ago. Why are you? Anyway. It's so, yeah, no, it's just, it's, it's, it's funny. No, it's that. Yeah. I mean, but we can leave it at exactly that where it's like, that was four years ago. Like (laughs) cautiously optimistic about how things are going to shake out just uh, another month. And good Lord. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. You know, I mean, I, yeah, I just, I, I, all I, I think most everyone can admit that some stability would be really nice. No matter, no matter what side you're on, like I'm just, I'm over the roller coaster and, and I just want some stability, like, you know, and, and I think it's funny because, you know, like leading up, like, Oh, it, it was even a roller coaster just getting, to like pick Biden, you know what I mean? And, and honestly now I'm like, I don't, I don't even like, I don't even need all the revolutionary ideas. I just want someone to kind of like keep the engine running, you know, like, and running towards. And then we can regroup. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Like I kind of don't, I don't need Bernie Sanders right now saying like, let's throw, let's burn the book and start from scratch. Like, I'm like, no, let's just like, let's just like kind of keep this thing going for four years and then we'll figure it out. Like, let's just get mellow guys. Like, can we all just take a chill pill? Like, I feel like that's what Biden is. Is just like, can we all look at him as a chill pill? Chill pill. Like, yeah. even if you call him sleepy Joe, I'm like, that's okay. That's okay. Yeah, I don't He'll want a president on, uh, in, in the news, like all the time. I want him to do his job and shut the hell up. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm good. I don't, you know, it's like, I don't need Kanye. I don't need Trump. <laughs> like, I just need, yeah, I need, like, a little bureaucracy might be nice right now, so long as it's, like, addressing all the pressing issues, which I think, you know, that's the nice thing about Biden is he is, like, you know, like, a politician. Like, he does, yes. you know, he, like, he likes to do this crap. So, anyway, we're probably, like, steering a bunch oh, of Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, can we, okay. can we talk about some, some of the stuff that you're working on now? Yeah, sure. I mean, so, oops, sorry, I just dropped something. Yeah, so I'm, we're wrapping up getting it together at Image Comics. It's my lovely special angel book that I would really love everyone to read. It'll be collected in March. And it's just a really cool, it's a cool book, like with a capital C. Like, I was talking about it earlier today. And it was like, you know, it's a book about friendship by a bunch of friends who are, we're all working together and being really hands-on and, and strike an ego away from the equation to, to capture that vibe of being in your twenties when you're really leaning on your friends and it's like socially incestuous and you wouldn't have it any other way, you know, that type of thing. So that, that comes, that, that is wrapping up now and collects in March. Ghosted in LA is going to have its third volume you know, in final volume for now, come out in the next month or two. I don't know when. I think it might have been moved a little bit because of COVID. That Read Only Memories book I brought up earlier, it was supposed to be collected, you know, at some point this year, but COVID happened and IDW decided to regroup and, and plan for sort of like a larger, bigger splash collection. I believe closer to the release of this, like it's based off a video game where it's in the same universe of this video game called 2064 read only memories. Yeah. And they're going to be releasing a sequel next year. So I think we're timing it to that. And, and that book was really cool. And it just sucked that like, you know, it, it, it was building and then, and then COVID happened and the fourth issue just didn't come out for like three or four months, even though it was in the can and, you know, the collection got stalled. So I, I, I'm really trying to remind myself to be like, oh yeah, you got to tell people about that book because it was a cool ass book. Like it was this, it's a weird sci-fi cyberpunk noir story about this uh, lesbian PI in Santa Cruz. And it like, you know, it's like thinking about like tribal beach gangs in the future, like, and robots have sentience and they're, you know, they're citizens. They have like, they're legal citizens. So what does the world look like when a robot has rights? So it's some cool ass shit that, you know, some real nice, like deep sci-fi cuts. So that'll come out next year. Oh, nice. I really want, nice. Yeah. I mean, they're all out now. You can buy them on your, 
you know, your Kindle or Am- uh, Comixology or whatever. But you know, I I love I love I love physical books. So and I love yes. having like a sexy bookshelf of beautiful thick spines. So it's like you know, I, I'm okay to tell you to wait till the trade. <laughs> and physical and then, media is is just it's good to have something to hold and actually in your hand and also i have this problem where i read in bed and if it's a book on my phone i'll drop the phone on my head and that shit hurts mm-hmm. books can't, can't. so much better yeah yeah <laughs> we, don't, we, we don't need you hurting that face no way yeah um, I'm, I'm ugly enough as it is no so. i mean i haven't seen your face but i'm gonna say no that's not true if, <laughs> if, 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 if someone if someone if someone wanted to make babies with you that that means you ain't that ugly so <laughs> she wouldn't want to put more ugly in the world. That's all I'm saying. So, so yeah, you're not ugly, but yeah, don't drop, don't, don't get any bumps on your head from, from the phones, but yeah. And then some DC stuff. And, and, and I, and I, I'm only not saying what they are because like, I literally am such a ditz and don't know when they're coming out or like what books they're coming out in, but they're cool. Like I, you know, I have a short story here and I have like a longer story there and another story over there. And, everyone at DC is super cool. They're super cool people, you know, and they, they're, they're really, really like invigorated, you know, like there is, there's a passion that I love. And, and so I'm excited. I'm really excited. And and the DC characters are, are so much fun. I, I always would get scared of how thick the canon and the continuity is with, with everyone. But I've been able to find these pockets where I don't have to be like, and then when I did this on earth Two, like, well, that affected my relationships. You know, it's like, I've, I've been able to kind of be like, yes, I know all that stuff, but like, I don't want to like paralyze the story with, you know, like Superboy's like third clone that like is now like roommates with crypto and Sinestro. I wonder if that actually is a story, but anyway, uh, it has to be paralyzing <laughs> sometime having to navigate all of that continuity. That was what was brilliant for me about Iceman was like, I, I was already an X-Men reader, but like, I'm a bad fan and I will literally skip books if I don't like the artist. Uh, so I was going in and, and, and trying to reread these runs, you know, like, front to back and what was so liberating is like i was looking at it and i was like damn iceman's been in the background he like never says anything of consequence he's very rarely had a noteworthy storyline that like you need to like remember i picked up both of his miniseries they were both like fucking filler and about nothing (laughs) and that's you know it's not to ding on the writers it's just like i just you know i feel like developed yeah and so that was great was like and then i even used that to the character's like the larger identity of him that he's like intentionally hiding in the background that he's intentionally not wanting to be front and center. Cause he doesn't want anyone to see him. Cause if they look at him, if they pay attention to him, they'll know the secret he's been hiding, you know? Yeah. Cause that's it, a very real thing. You know, when you have something in you that you don't want other people to know about, it's like you, you inadvertently hide in plain sight. Did you use during that the 90s there was a run where the white queen had somehow died and like her consciousness got transferred to to Bobby Drake and she basically was living in his body and she amplified his powers but also when when he kind of regained himself there was such a violation that he had felt by having someone else controlling him. You, you used that uh, a little bit of that storyline. Did, did you not for, for your yeah. face? Yeah. I wanted to touch on that from the get go, but in the first series, the first run, Emma was like over there doing something and they were like, no, you can't use Emma. And then when I came back, I was like, Emma's up to nothing. I want her. Or she was like on the run. And so it really worked out, you know, for her to have to, go to Bobby and need him for help with her brother and for him to finally have the, like, you know, the, the guts to stand up to her and, and also be like, you know, why did you never out me? You know, why did you never say anything? And she's just like, cause that's like, that's such a way, like what? Like you're a waste of time. Like, why would I do that? That's, you know, and then also, you know, she has this compassion because her brother's also gay and has been like brutalized by his father 
both physically and emotionally with oh what are those camps called uh yeah, therapy. Wait, yeah. yeah like Which is you know fucking awful yeah and so it was it, yeah i did use that i i really love i really love them i think that they that bobby and emma have a lot to to offer each other and I've heard that they're still using Christian Grey and that's Christian Grey, Christian Frost. And that's great too, you know, and, and it's cool. Yeah, it's, you know, and again, it's cool. Like I, I was really happy that I got to talk about that stuff, you know, in the yeah. book and I got to put that stuff in a comic and, and I got to have it go my way. And I was really happy. Like, you know, I think it, I think it could have been a, like a little bit of a longer story, but I had other stuff to do, you know, like I had to do a Spider-Man and his amazing friend story. So whatever. But anyway, yeah, it was, it was fun. It was fun. And it was, yeah, it was cool. It was, yeah. It was cool to kind of like find all these like tiny moments, you know, especially like Bobby's just different friendships and relationships with each of these characters and, and, you know, throw a nod to them and, and, and give fans like that moment. Like, yeah, this dude read those books. Cool. So is there anything else you want to promote before we, we head out? Anything else we need to look out for? I would just say buy comic books, support comic stores if you can. Like I know money's tight for everybody. And so, you know, I guess with that in mind, when you do treat yourself to something, when you do have a spare $10 or a spare $15, you know, just think about taking that to a comic store. That's, you know, that's all. Who's your local? And, I am polyamorous. I do not like to, <laughs> I do not believe in comic store monogamy, but so I go to a couple places in Los Angeles. I go to Golden Apple Comics. I go to Secret Headquarters. I go to Heidi Ho Comics, which I used to work at in high school. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's so, I mean, they have new owners now, but they, it's funny. They're like, oh yeah, we still have, we still give you the employee discount. And I'm like, guy, <laughs> but yeah. So, and, and I'll go to any shop that, that is open and, and, you know, like, oh yeah, Collector's Paradise. I always go there, but they're kind of out of, off the beaten path for me. But I always, it, I, it sucks because like, I can't help but not like go into a store and like, I'll always be like, you gotta, you know, you gotta at least throw 25 bucks when you're in here, you know? And then the fear is like, you, you say that and then you spend 50 uh, and you're like, great, had to put that on a credit card, whatever, figure it out later. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it's there is a local shop. It's it's a mixed tattoo parlor and comic shop. Tight. And I'll take my daughters occasionally, and they haven't been in a year because we're we're keeping we're wrapping them in bubble wrap. We're keeping them away from everybody. But you know, un, until all this crap's over with, at least. But my five year old was sitting on a bench. I was helping my ten year old look for a comic. And my five-year-old was sitting next to this very heavily tattooed lady with a mohawk. And the lady just starts busting out laughing. And I run over there and I go, what happened? And the lady said that apparently my, my five-year-old passed gas. <laughs> and she, she looked at her and said, better out than in. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. That was our, our local comic shop adventure story. So, <laughs> Cena. Funny. Thank you so much for coming on. Anytime you want to come back on, by all means, let us know. I yeah. love talking to you, man. Ditto. Thank you for having me. And whenever I start my podcast, I want you on. I hope I never do though. Because <laughs> look, no, but it's a full time job. Like you know, you guys, you guys come correct. You are business folks. I appreciate you, but thank you. And yeah, next time I have sort of like a a big long term project, I'll I'll be like, all right, we got to do this. We got to have another hour long session and hang out and catch up on all things so uh, thank you for having me and have a good holiday stay safe and wash your hands man please i will i will always you don't trust me if you if you just look at my instagram every like four posts is like god damn it people please wear a mask Um, i was in target earlier and you just lose faith in humanity so quickly but it's it's funny man it's yeah it's there it's that's all i'll say it's there people are just there's foolishness there's foolishness when there doesn't need to be uh, stop with the foolishness people vaccines not here yet. Exactly. Won't be, it, it, it won't even be here when this airs. So <laughs> be, be good. But anyway, yeah, I'll talk to you later and thanks for having me. Cena, take it easy, brother. You too. All right. Goodbye.
Bye-bye. And I'm actually, I'm going to hang up right now because I have to pee because I drink all, right. all this water. Get, get at it, man. Don't, don't. Right. <laughs> Thanks so See much. You, it's great talking to you. I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. 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 And we're back. <laughs> I feel bad for not knowing that off the top of my head, but so everybody knows. Uh, we just had a really bad windstorm here in Washington, and I have no internet, so I haven't. I'm like doing all this from my phone, uh, trying to find, look up all the all the info, so I don't have. I can't go online and look at stuff. So, you know, dude, that's my excuse. And so, because we just moved in, we're still getting rid of all these boxes from all our stuff that was in. You know, right? There's so much stuff, and I have a bunch of boxes in the front against the garage that that I'm break in the con. You know, I'm constantly breaking down and all that kind of stuff. The windstorm was so bad, it blew boxes in the front yard to my backyard. <laughs> I wake up in the That's morning, insane. I let the dog out, and I'm like, where are all these boxes and like, <laughs> pieces of paper all over my backyard? <laughs> oh, man. We, we we bought the kids a basketball hoop, one of the freestanding ones. You put, you put water yep. or sand in the bottom of it to hold it down, right? Yeah. We bought one of those for the kids for Christmas, and it, it blew over. It, it was on its back. Wow. And then um, we had a, the backboard. It's kind of cool because we had funny we have we have three recycling bins because we go through a lot of recycling i recycle as much as i possibly can before i throw things away yeah um so we have three recycle bins the big blue ones and uh, all three of them had blown down the driveway and two of them were full and one of them was you know empty i expected it to be like recycling everywhere but luckily one of them just like rolled upright over into the woods and just stopped and the other one kind of rolled and then fell over but it, as it fell over it it the top of it hit a tree limb and, and closed itself so nothing spilled <laughs> oh so lucky. but they traveled like but they traveled like 30 feet <laughs> dude i went on to the uh the uh the uh, power stations or the <laughs> utility state the utilities uh website I can't talk today yeah it's all right and because the power went out like at midnight and I was like uh, 12, 14 a.m. last night. And I was like, look in yeah. and like the power outage. And they got my they got our little grid in red and 238 people are affected out of 30,000 people altogether. Right. <laughs> just in just up in Snohomish, dude. And he goes, estimated time your power will be on is 2.30 in the morning. And I was like, OK. And. They're saying we're sending somebody out and then it would refresh. We're sending somebody out. Okay, refresh. And then it would go away. Like the power outage just reported. And then 20 minutes later, we're sending somebody out. Like, what is going on? Estimated time of to get everything back is 2.30. 2.31, all my power comes back on. <laughs> nice. I was like, whoa, that was, you guys like hit it on the dot almost. The best Great is going onto there. Facebook and going to like, if you have, Puget Power, or whoever you have as your power company, go on to their Facebook page and see the amount of people that just freak out oh that their God, power snap back so on. crazy. And it's nuts. Like, no one's responding. No one's saying it. It's like, because they're working. <laughs> they're busy. <laughs> they're busy. <laughs> Chill out. If it's like two right. weeks later and everybody else around you has their power on, okay, freak out. <laughs> right. Pay your bill. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's so crazy. We have our power is out for all night it, it didn't come back on till this morning um at like i think like seven or something like that yeah uh but our, my internet's still out um and comcast uh i got a, i got a text saying it was it was gonna be back up soon um from comcast but it's not back up yet and i have a i have a comcast business and i have a failover uh network i have uh yeah. for uh, lte that's supposed to when my if comcast goes down it fails over to lte and i still have at least some connection to do work on yeah and that didn't that that's not working so I got a, and I, I forgot to call them. Like, hey, why is my failover not freaking working? I pay for this thing. I should definitely have it. Wow. So all day today, I, I, sh- I should have had a failover LTE, and it's, it hasn't been up. And I'm kind of irritated. I wonder who their backbone is. That's uh, Verizon. Oh, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the tower when the power went initially out last night, the tower closest to us went down because I lost all of my connection on my phone. Oh damn! And then five minutes later, either the backup generator kicked on. And and got power back to that tower, or my phone finally connected to the next nearest tower. After that, I wonder right, if that's right. what happened with you. If something got kicked out, I see that the box I have says it has full connection. Says it's fine. It just it just mm. won't allow a, a, a computer to connect through it to get internet. Oh, that's a problem. Like it's like like they did like like the guy who installed it never provisioned it because we didn't test. He didn't test it when he installed it. He just said, "Oh, it's all up. Look, it has lights on." I'm like, okay, I didn't I didn't know anything about it. Like, okay, cool. Yeah, I should have made him test it, but yeah, yeah. it's like it wasn't provisioned. So, 
let's get back on track. Cena Grace. That was cool, man. Yeah. Dude's done a lot. I, as, as I said a million times before, well, actually not a million, as I said about 500 times before, um, I love hearing Pool's journey of how they how they got to do it and what, what inspires them to, to continue going. That, that's my favorite part of interviews. Yep. Mine too. Mine too. That's one of the f- more fun things. I'd, I'd love to have can't him steal on. Mine. Can't steal mine. Fine. <laughs> I'd love to have him on, though, and do like a commentary track. That'd be cool. On, on something that he's done, that he's worked on, because that's always fun. Yeah, I love commentary tracks. Those are fun. Yeah. Getting the behind the scenes of, of each page. Yep. Yep. All right, guys. I think that's all we have for today. Uh, I really hope you enjoyed what you heard and you want to hear more. And if you want to hear more, you really need to go to spoilerverse.com because over at spoilerverse.com, we have a ton of back issues and you're going to be shocked with the amount of people that we've talked with and just the amount of shows that are there all right now. None of it behind a paywall right now. So it's all free for you to check out, peruse, download and enjoy. And there's a ton of other shows there as well. And Johnny's going to give you the lowdown of everything. Yeah, man, I will. And I, I won't even charge you for it. Uh, we got other shows up there like Bridging the Geekdoms and Half Pass Adventures, Nerds from the Crypt, and uh, Funny Book Forensics, and all these fun shows. You can go check out free of charge. Just go to the website, hit the little podcast button in the top left, and find the one you want to listen to and just listen to all the episodes. Or go to your podcatcher and type the name in and find it and subscribe. It's so easy that a caveman can do it. Um, and uh, we got a store with Facebooks, not Facebooks. I'm looking at Facebook and I said Facebook. God damn it. With face masks, t-shirts and hoodies. You can look fly as hell. Help support the site because we get a couple dollars every time we do. And lastly, if you want to chat with us, go to scpod.us slash discord. Link is in the show notes below. And you can come join us on discord and chat with us every day. Boom. And boom goes dynamite. Boom, boom. All right, guys. I don't have anything else to say. Do you? I've uh, got one more thing to say. In an oceans of podcasts, we are Cthulhu. As Cthulhu compels you to do, open the mind and record. Just do.